0: Count of the latest internet sensation He might be going to
1: go down as a Hall of Fame fighter So exciting Is this dinner too tacky for the Donald?
0: These (laughs) babies are Triple M This is a magnificent specimen of mankind Can I
1: say hi? Good morning, Zeb, and good morning to all your listeners
2: Hi! Weekend Breakfast with Sid Costello on Triple M It is five past seven. A very good morning to you on the 14th of May. 15 degrees at the moment on the way to a top of 22. It is great to be talking to you and great to be back on Triple M. And why not after these reviews for last week's show? This
3: is absolutely as perfect as a show is going to get.
0: Absolutely loved
2: it. It was so beautiful. It was wonderful to see Reg Livermore on
0: stage again. He's such a superstar.
2: I don't remember Reg Livermore being on the program last week, but he must have been. I think we put together a good body of work. Barry Hall coming up this morning, a terrific superstar from the world of AFL football. NBA gun Joe Ingalls will be in studio. Nick Kyrios has gone off on Facebook. I have to tell you about that. But up next, one of TV's biggest names joins us as a special presenter of Three Things You Need to Know.
0: One, two, three. Here is the three things you need to know about.
2: Yes, three things you need to know about Australia's biggest vlog. Bernard Tomic is our subject today, and what a week Big Bernie has had. Rome Masters decides to get out there on court and plays for a total of eight minutes before wah, 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 he decides to walk off the court and he's had enough. And because Bernard has made such a stir this week, we decided we would bowl in a special guest presenter of three things you need to know. I'm excited about this hive because my good mate. Peter Hitchener from the Channel 9 News has decided to be our guest presenter of three things you need to know. Hitchy, thank you very much for doing this. So without much further ado, here is the first thing you need to know about Bernard Tomic.
0: Bernard Tomic lives in Monte Carlo, which is 16,400 kilometres from Melbourne.
2: Not far enough as far as I'm concerned, Hitchy, but thank you very much. Here's the second thing you need to
0: know about Bernard Tomick. Bernard Tomick's star sign is Libra. Librans typically avoid confrontation and conflict. He's also 23 and worth 10 million dollars.
2: Just ask him what a complete flogburn he is. You're doing well, Hitchy. Though I reckon there's a future for you in this segment. The third thing you know that you need to know about Bernard Tomic is
0: Bernard Tomic is six foot five, which is the same listed height as Osama bin Laden. Ooh. Oh. That's funny.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Hitchy. I wrote it myself. Who likes Ric Flair? You're talking to the
1: Rolex wearing, (laughs) diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators Woo.
2: We're going to talk to the great man's daughter, Charlotte, who's the current wrestling champion in the women's division, later on this morning on the weekend breakfast, but first... In the 20th century,
0: the sporting landscape was indeed a wide world. But with the advent of the interweb communication and global overpopulation, the sporting universe is bigger than ever. And champions beyond the traditional games deserve their recognition. Presenting the weekend breakfasts. Glittering Galaxy of Sport And don't the kids love it?
2: Joining us right now on Triple M's Weekend Breakfast Is the Dennis Committee of the world of lawn bowls He is the voice and face of this sport And a bit of a legend in his own right Jack Heverin, good morning Hello Seb Costello,
1: uh, long time listener, first time <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me
2: Oh, an absolute pleasure mate And uh, look, we wouldn't see any of that diva behaviour That we see from Bernard Tomic in the world of lawn bowls, would we?
1: Absolutely not, and I must say, it's, it's an honour to be on the same show as uh, the daughter of a 16-time world champion as well, so <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I feel like this is a big big morning for everyone, but uh, it's huge for having me.
2: Mate, it's a pleasure. So, look, give us, I guess, the uh, the idiot's guide to lawn bowls for those who haven't been out and had a role.
1: Yeah, it's, it's amazing in a way that we've all, in some way, we've probably played lawn bowls, haven't we? We've all done barefoot bowls or social bowls or some sort of event where we've ended up being on a bowling green, but... It's one of the longest sports that's been going in Australia and and obviously the world as well. But Australia are are superstars at it. There's no doubt about it. Our our Australian team is as good as any getting around at the moment. And the average age of the Australian team is 27. So a lot of people have this perception that bowls is an old sport. It's a sport that's been uh, played by people over 60. It's it's absolutely the other way around. It's very much a young person's sport. and, And even you look at the Australian Open that was played last year, that two winners were, were 18 and, and 17 respectively. So it's become a very young person sport uh, and it's become a very trendy sport.
2: Well, no uh, small thanks to the you hosting the bowl show <laughs> coming soon, 1pm Sundays on Trib- on SBS. Get behind that program. Uh, but Jackie, tell me this, the Australian Open of Lawn Bowls coming up soon?
1: Yeah, very soon. June 11, which is fantastic. It's up on, uh, up on the Gold Coast, up in Broadbeach, and there's, there's a number of clubs that... Uh, are involved in hosting the event as well. But it's a very, very good event. It's a lot of fun. Uh, It's spread across the Gold Coast, so it's a bit of a challenge to obviously get around and see everything. But it all ends up being back at the Broadbeach Bowls Club. And it's a funny event in many respects because you'd look at the Australian team and you would think that uh, it's the, the best players in the world and the Australian team that would win the event. But the last couple of years, it's thrown up a few odd results and a few young players who have come through from nowhere and won it. So... It's good in that respect, said that you can get there and you're not really sure who's going to be there at the end, uh, and it does throw up some very, very strange results and some very, very new winners, which
2: Ooh. is fantastic. We like an open field. Mate, we've got to ask, though, because uh, a lot of people would think Cracker when they think lawn bowls. <laughs> does the flipper actually exist at the high <laughs> end of the sport? Only in Mick Malloy's mind. I
1: I, I must admit, uh, I haven't seen the flipper in any other (laughs) event except for when Mick's up or used to be up for the Australian Premier League. Uh, Other than that, I've never seen the flipper. But, Oh, I think there's a lot of greenskeepers around Australia that have a heart attack every time they hear the flipper. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily the best thing as far as uh, greenskeepers are concerned.
2: I can imagine. At Jack Everett Twitter, check out the great man. As I said, the Lawn Bowls, the Bowls show coming soon to SBS. But you're also the president of the Langwarren Cricket Club. How are they going at the moment? Uh, going
1: beautifully, Seth. Thank you for the uh, the free plug there. No, going beautifully at the moment. The boys are uh, tracking nicely. So it's, uh, it's a good club. It's a young club, but... Uh, We've got seven senior teams and uh, looking forward to having eight next year, a couple of father-son teams as well. So it's uh, always a
2: challenge. When we were talking off Air Hyphen, who pushes the buttons, uh, Jack did claim that he was the greatest sportsman ever to come out of Langwarren. Which, uh, considering Lee Matthews, Luke Parker uh, is on that list, I thought it was a pretty big claim. But I'll back you, Jackie you put so much mayonnaise
1: <laughs> I put myself in the queue behind Luke Martin. Oh, is that, is that how it went?
2: Sorry, my my memory's not so good. It's <laughs> yeah, funny about that. Danny Green there. No! Can you
1: Please repeat a legend. <laughs> you become a legend. Danny
2: Green! A subconscious <laughs> Australia. <laughs> <laughs>
0: health and fitness with danny green
2: he's our man he's a four-time world boxing champion good morning greenie good morning
4: seb how are you mate
2: mate i'm well diabetes in this country is out of control tell us what are the stats it's alarming seb
4: and you know 200 australians develop diabetes every day so it's one person nearly every five minutes one person person every
2: five minutes in australia
4: the the statistics are alarming and it's diabetes is the fastest growing chronic condition in australia it's it's rising at a, at a rate faster than chronic diseases such as heart disease and cancer.
2: Mate, it's a worry. And if nothing else, you don't want to be a statistic.
4: Yeah, look, it, it, it's kind of... This, I mean, this week's, ex, this week's um, episode of what we're doing now, is, it's a bit more serious and it's, it's a bit more hard-hitting, but I, I hope people kind of sit up and take notice that it's, it's quite incredible that just by changing your diet and having the proper nutrition, and, and you're still, you still able to treat yourself, having proper nutrition and, and increasing your exercise on a daily basis is going to change the way you live and how long you live and how much productivity you get out of your life with your family and friends.
2: Speaking of productivity, mate, at 43 years young, you are just about as productive as they come. In a couple of days, it is going to be the 10th anniversary of Danny Green, Anthony Mundine, 2006, the biggest fight in Australian history, broke all sorts of records. And I did hear that maybe you and Anthony were going to get together for a TV special. Is that happening?
4: But I'm not sure what you heard and where you heard it, buddy. But you know, it's difficult to say, mate. But I'm 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 silent on, on, on the on the whole uh, on the whole subject. Um, you know, until something happens, and uh, I'm I'm tired of hot air. I'm tired of talking about something that's uh, not eventuated, mate.
2: You know, so we know apart. we know there's been chats behind the scenes because everyone wants to see you guys get together again. Are they messing you around a bit?
4: Oh look, I'm not. fussed it, doesn't bother. I'm, I've I've moved on. i you know I'm, I'm getting on with life, and I'm. I'm, I'm I think I need another six or eight hours as we all do on each and every day, mate. So I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I've got that much going on and that much on the hop um, that, you know, it doesn't really concern me. It's not really a, a major issue in my
2: life. Mate, I know a major issue that is in your life. And that's the announcement that Midnight Oil are getting back together. How do we sleep while our beds are burning? <laughs> I saw your post during the week. Are you pumped that the oils are back together?
4: Uh. Oh, mate, I mean there was so many people just, you know, ragging him and there's so much stuff on social media. People were going, Oh, bugger Petty Garrett, this and that, he's a sellout. Please do me a favor. You go and try and be a politician for a day and see how many people are like you. The bloke I think was trying to trying to do his best, you know, he's trying to make a difference. Unfortunately it just didn't work out and he was, you know, it wasn't his bag. But as a as a you know musician and a guy who brought us and their band, the whole band the music they brought to me when I was growing up, you know, as a twelve-year-old, when I first started surfing, when I was twelve years old, Red Sails and the Sunset, Ten um, One, you know, the original album Midnight Oil. Those albums, you know, they uh, they just they were just unbelievable. And I remember it was the first time I ever went across the face on a wave, and I was listening to a song from Red Sails and the Sunset, and it was like, oh man, I'll never forget that time. So when I heard that, and I always love the oil. So when I hear they're coming back, I just chuck, chuck it on the on the on the CD or chuck it on the iPod and just think, I can't wait to see these bugs.
2: There you have it. The great Danny Green is a fan of the oils, mate, and I'll be there with you. I reckon it's great that they're getting back on stage. Classic Australian music. TeamDannyGreen.com.au is your one-stop shop to get yourself in order, get your health and fitness going. Greeny, we love having you on the show, and we look forward to talking next week. Much
4: appreciated, Tib. Have a fantastic weekend, and go the Eagles.
2: The Floyd Mayweather-Conor McGregor super fight. If it were to happen, it'll be the most unique event in sports history. Mayweather never beaten at boxing. McGregor, the golden boy of mixed martial arts. Here is what you need to know about all the rumors and speculation that's happening in this situation. A few days ago, McGregor posted a mock fight poster featuring him and Mayweather on his Instagram. And then soon after that, Floyd was asked about the potential of this billion dollar super fight
5: it's possible so you know um
2: it was a name it was a name that was shot at me you know but the rumors that y'all been hearing is the rumors that i started may not be a rumor so you know you know keep your fingers crossed it may be a boxer versus an mma fighter so we just don't know so he was fanning the flames there as he does and it started to get a bit of momentum freddie roach boxing's top trainer, worked with everyone from Manny Pacquiao to Oscar De La Hoya, he claimed soon after that that he'd had an approach to train McGregor for a fight against Mayweather.
4: They asked me about training McGregor this morning. Hey, wait, who asked her? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you got a random phone call saying, Hey, can you train Connor? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Was it an Irish accent? I yeah, but I gave the phone to Marie. I said, here, take this. <laughs> I said she goes, wait, What'd they say then? She says, Will you train him? I said, tell him to show up. Yeah. If he comes, he comes. Uh-huh. I'll help him. I like helping people.
2: So was that a legit approach? We don't know. But the momentum was building. Of course, business will always have a lot to do with this. Mayweather runs his own fight promotion, and he made over $100 million on his Pacquiao fight last year. I know. I was there. McGregor, he's more complicated. He, of course, has a contract with the UFC, as we heard from the CEO of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, Dana White.
1: Listen, Conor McGregor's under contract with the UFC. Um, So, listen, if Floyd wants to fight uh, (laughs) Conor, call me Floyd.
2: (laughs) So everything would have to go through the UFC first. If you ask me, it won't happen. Floyd ducked Manny for years until it was the right fight for him. By that stage, Pacquiao had deteriorated physically. Conor McGregor will never be the right fight for Floyd. Mayweather is boxing, but take him off his feet and he's cooked. i tell you this though, if it did happen, it would make just about more money than any event we have ever seen Neither man's great grandchildren would ever have to work again. That's my take.
3: Hey guys, this is WWE Women's Champion Charlotte, and you're listening to the Weekend Breakfast on Triple M with Sub. Woo!
2: She's coming up very shortly, Charlotte. I'm excited about that. But first, Australian tennis is in a little bit of trouble at the moment. We know that. Earlier, the great Peter Hitchener from Channel 9 brought
0: us some very interesting facts about Bernard Tomic. Bernard Tomic is 6 foot 5, which is the same listed height as Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> That's funny.
2: Good to know, Hitchy. Nick Kyrgios has taken to Facebook this morning and put this on his Facebook page. It's not hard to read all the stuff written about me, so I want your opinion. If you think the Australian Olympic tennis team would be better without me, then comment on this photo. Last check, there was 571 comments. So one triple three five three. it's a simple yes or no question. Do you want Nick Kyrgios to represent Australia in Rio? I put it out there on Twitter, at SebCostello9 is the Twitter handle. And I read from the Baron. The Baron says, Seb, Kyrgios, off the Australian team. Benny says, I don't even want him referring to himself as Australian. Hashtag flog. And Alistair has gone with, absolutely not. One triple three five three. Nick Kyrgios wants your feedback. Do you want to see him go to Rio? Johnny at St Albans, do you want Nick Kyrgios to go to Rio?
1: He has to go, mate. He's the best player we've got these days.
2: Good on you, Johnny. To Michael at Frankston, do you want Curios in Rio? Uh,
6: definitely not. I think if he won the gold medal, his head would explode with how much he's up himself.
2: <laughs> I like the full feedback of the Triple M audience. To Geelong, Justin, what do you think of Nick Kyrgios? Yeah, I think, you know, it's
4: his choice, but... um, yeah. They'd be better off without
2: him, I guess. Okay, all right. Don't uh, overwhelm yourself with a strong opinion there, Jazzy. And uh, Andre's also in Geelong.
5: Do you think Nick Curios should go to Rio? Definitely not, because in the Olympic team, they uh, have people who have got class. He's got no class.
2: Yeah. What do you think of Bernard Tomic?
5: Oh, the guy's an natural tool.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Andre. And West Heidelberg, g'day, phrase There you go, mate. Nick Curios, Rio, yes or no? Look, I'd say send him because, look, when it boils down to it, nobody cares how our athletes act as long
1: as they win. So you might as well send him.
2: Mate, I actually agree with Fraze. You know, the other option of having Johnny Milman out there, as nice as he is as a bloke, I think I want the green and gold to be successful. And really excited to welcome in our next guest from the NBA. He's an NBL champion. He's represented Australia in basketball. Morning, Joe Ingalls.
6: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
2: Now, mate, uh, big time for you in the personal life because your beautiful partner Renee pregnant with twins.
6: Yes, um, bit of a uh, not a shock, but a bit of an experience when you walk in the in the room and he says there's two heartbeats instead of one. <laughs> and um, being pregnant it, for one was was enough of a, a shock and an exciting time. And then when you find out there's two, it's, uh, it's even more exciting. So it was it was nice to come home and um, see Renee with a, a pretty big belly i hadn't seen her (laughs) when she left um to come back and and do her stuff with the thunderbirds um she was still pretty flat and i would never seen her without a a six-pack before and (laughs) um came home and literally just looked like she'd had a a basketball under her belly because she hasn't put on anything anywhere else it's just all all in her stomach so um really exciting times yeah mate and i understand that she may
2: be due around olympic time yes what what are you going to do if she does know. come
6: during the games <laughs> um it's one of those things I think the best thing that I've got on my side is that, that renee is a is an athlete and a and has played for Australia has played um, championship teams here and um, understands what it means to to play for your country and and she's supporting me 100 um, percent especially being an olympic year and um yeah we'll just kind of it's one of those things that you can't really predict so we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes but um, there is a good chance they'll come before before I head off. So hopefully that's a, the best case scenario.
2: Oh, let's hope so because we need you out there uh, on court in Rio. <laughs> Teams come together nicely. And I think as uh, as basketball fans, as Australian sports fans, we love the way you, Deli, Patty, Bogues have such a commitment to the Boomers, you know, despite all you're doing in the NBA. Uh, is it a good feeling in the team at the moment?
6: Yeah, well, I'm not going to uh, ask you on Facebook if I I should play or not, but um, <laughs> I, I think with our team, it's it's something that that we love playing for Australia. We, we would we would take that over over anything else, and um, I think I just said out there before I, I'd take winning a medal over an NBA championship any day of the week. Um, not only because it would be our, our first medal, but but to do something like that with with Australia and wearing the green and gold would be an absolute honour and. Um, as much as I'd love to win an NBA championship, I, uh, for me playing for my country is is w- way ahead of anything. We were
2: talking about Nick Kyrgios before, who you know Bernard Tomics pulled out. Kyrgios wants to know whether the public wants him to go to Rio. <laughs> as a guy who represents the country with pride, do you look at that and just scratch your head?
6: Yeah, um, uh, I mean I think f- for those guys, uh, Tomics. Tomich, uh, I don't know why he wouldn't want to play uh, to represent your country, to to wear the green and gold, to to be in Olympic Games itself is an experience, and um, I, I can't, I wouldn't have ever said twenty years ago when I was born that that if uh if I got to go to the three Olympics, I, I would have, and um, I'm not like I said, I'm not going to uh ask the public if I should go or not because <laughs> I'm I'm a hundred percent in um if they pick me, and um like 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 we were talking about the, the seven of us that play in the NBA. Constantly talk about it. We caught up over All Star break in in San Diego for for a few days, and and all we talked about was playing for Australia. It's just it's something that we we all love doing. I did
2: hear that 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 you guys had had a little uh, powwow. That, that is great because you know I don't know if other nations would be doing that. Would have that sort of bond.
6: Yeah, it's uh it was one of those things that we we got a little group chat and I was like, oh, what's everyone doing? And everyone was kind of just yeah, like hanging around, whatever, not too much. And it was like, well, let, let's get together and um. Paddy Mills kind of fronted the the lead and and got it got it going and found a big house for us to stay in and um, we all ended up going it was all of us went there um, I think Berto was the only one who came for for two or three days instead of five or six because he had had already um, some stuff planned and it was awesome it was. Um,
2: so it's all Star weekend. You got a big house in San Diego and it's all the Aussie NBA boys. Yeah. We
6: rented a boat for a day and (laughs) it was, uh, it wasn't as bad as, as what it sounds. It was actually pretty laid back. Um, (laughs) who was best on ground? Um, no, it was pretty laid back. uh, It was, it was more to catch up. Yeah. Right. right. We, we really actually didn't talk too much basketball. It was was just to hang out. We are all good friends and, um, it wasn't to go there and, and plan our offense or right. plan what we're going to do. It was just to hang out, spend yeah. time. And um, for guys like Boga that haven't been around the national team since Beijing, um, just to, to get him back in the group, get to know him a little bit better on a, on a personal level and um, enjoy some time
0: together. Ingles on a dribble, on a drive, hangs it up off the glass. counted. it, Ingles, three ball. Got it. Tingle
6: Joe, literally slow mo Joe, and a slow mo shot. angles oh baby, he's got the rhythm really. Wing three, and he got it. Big Joe with two three balls. He and can't that. stop
2: Big Joe angles Just pumping up a little bit there.
6: Yeah, I think I remember most. of those. There was only a few highlights of the year, so that that was probably all of them. <laughs>
2: oh no, mate, we went through hours and hours of highlights to just get that. Appreciate package. that. Yeah. Thanks for that. Now, mate, you do uh, you, you sort of become a bit of a trivia question. Who was the man to guard Kobe Bryant in his last game? He just got on a bit of a hot streak, didn't he?
6: Yeah, out of the 60, I reckon there was about 12 or 15 on me. But
2: Yeah, let's, um, let's make that on the record. Yeah, it was I the rest of the team. It definitely
6: wasn't 60 on me. I know that. <laughs> um, but I think if if you shot 50 shots in an NBA game, you'd have a few points. So, uh, I mean, it was an amazing experience. Um, obviously, we, we wish we won the game. Uh, I think um, – knowing Kobe, the the little that I do, he is a competitor and, and we played the way that he, he wanted to, would have wanted to go out here. He played well. We, we played hard and, um, they, they got the win. He, he, the last three minutes of the game, he was, he was pretty unbelievable. So it was a, a really good experience. And, um, Got my shoes signed by him after, so Did you? they're in the, uh, in the vault somewhere in, a, in, in the world. And... So he refused to
2: sign Swaggy Pea shoes, but he signs our man Joe Ingalls' shoes. Of course, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, it was, uh, it, was got, it was a great taste.
6: experience. It, it was it was really good to be a part of. I think I think down the future a little bit, I'll, I'll look back on it more and, and and be able to show my kids a couple of shots that I made on him as well.
2: Beautiful. Well, he's one of the greats. Uh, last year, I was over in Cleveland and Golden State covering the NBA Finals and. I remember being in Cleveland when another one of the greats, LeBron, went with this one.
5: Now I feel confident because I'm the best player in the world. That's simple.
2: Drop microphone. You've been out there with some of these guys, LeBron, Steph, Kobe. Who's the one that impresses you the most?
6: Um, Steph. Pretty, yeah. Not, not clearly. Um, but, but yeah, I think LeBron is is such a imposing figure. He's 6'8", 6'9", He's whatever, however, two hundred and thirty pounds and um, for, for me especially guarding someone like that, you you can he's so big that you can kind of see what he wants to do and where he wants to go because he has to move his whole six hundred muscles on his arm. And um, with Steph, Steph's so good with the ball. And um, the the thing that that helps Steph a lot is that team that he plays with as well. He, he's you can't leave Clay Thompson, you can't leave Harrison Barnes. Bogut's, Bogut's really effective on the block, and and Draymond Draymond, and um, yeah, I think Steph in any other team he he wouldn't not be MVP but but it would be it would be a lot harder I think for, for him to get shots like he does and um the shots he makes is, is still pretty impressive but I think it would be a little bit harder so um for me Steph the, the way he has the ball the way you can can basically have it on the string and um make the shots one step over the halfway line is uh Kind of hard to guard when you're uh, when you're scouting. <laughs> oh,
2: mate, it's unbelievable, and he keeps he'll step back to the half court line and drop it in, mate. So let's look at the playoffs as they are at the moment. The Western Conference Finals settled yesterday. Oklahoma City, some would say a bit of an upset over the Spurs. They'll meet the Warriors. Who do you see triumphing in that finals? Is it is it a you know five game Warriors sort of win, or will they push them further?
6: Yeah, I think uh, it, I was confident the Spurs would get there, mm-hmm. um, as were a lot of people. I think and. Um, I think the Spurs Warriors w- would have been a really good battle. I think it would have gone six or seven. I think it would have been down to a, a final shot or, or something like that. And um, Oklahoma outplayed Spurs a little bit. They, they, I think the, the the youth, the athleticism, kind of got over top of them a little bit. And um, it's going to be a great series. I think um, Westbrook and, and Curry will have a, a really good matchup. Um, the, the Warriors have enough to to, to mix up and, and switch on Harrison on um, Durant. So that'll be a, a really good, good, uh, good series. I think, I think the Warriors will come out of it. Um, I think if, if Steph and um, Clay get hot, it will be over in four or five. Um, if the other way around, if, if KD and, and Westbrook can, can do what they do consistently, um, it could go six or seven. So a really good battle.
2: We're looking forward to it, mate. Your uh, Utah obviously didn't make the postseason. You get back to Australia. What do you most look forward to doing when you make your way home?
6: uh not much <laughs> um, feet up couch yeah i think it's nice just to be normal to, to be honest it's um when you're over there you, you travel so much you're living out of a bag out of hotels um you have to go on these private jets and fly around it's a real tough life well man, it sounds um, terrible but it's it's just nice to Eddie come tells home me and, about it all the time it's uh, just awful it's nice to come home and and get up and go and get a coffee and and walk the dog and um, and now with Renee, be able to to see her her belly grow and and be a part of that. I, I missed a lot, uh, a b- pretty big part of that. Yeah. Um. When when she'd come home to to be with her, her team and um just to, to do normal things like that. I, I'd wanted to be a, a father for so long, and um she obviously had her own career, but now to be a part of that and and setting up a nursery and just doing things that um you never know if you'll do again. So um just really enjoying family and friends and um going to watch some local footy today after this and. Um, just enjoying, enjoying my time back home.
2: Magnificent, mate. Well, it's cool to hear that you're so excited about that. And you're doing a bit of stuff in the business space too. You and, uh, Adam Quick, you, your partner out here. What is it? It's helping athletes establish themselves off the field.
6: Yeah, I think oh, it's Paddy um, Patty, uh, Patty Mills and myself. Um, and, and Adam Quick is, um, the brains behind it, I guess. Me and Patty are more of the name behind it. And it's something Hibis. that, that, is that Hybus, Hybus Sports, um, it's a, a sports marketing company um we we talked about it for a while and um just something that that we thought we could really um we we were we were passionate about it adam was really passionate about um kind of fronting it and um yeah something that i i could see myself maybe doing after after playing so um so far so good um hopefully it keeps growing and and we'll keep getting uh we might have to steal a few athletes from, from from some people but um yeah really excited about it it's really mate well good luck with
2: it uh joe Ingalls, if you want to see the great man heading out to Ferntree gully tomorrow 1 p.m
6: Ferntree gully one uh toyota uh 1 p.m doing a little sign and um, a few basketballs i think they're bringing a hoop down so if Beautiful. anyone wants to lose in horse um <laughs> so yeah it'll be, uh, be a be a, good, be a really good day
2: lovely stuff well mate good luck for the olympics more importantly good luck uh, for the twins
6: I know. I don't know which. I got asked yesterday if I'm more excited about being a father and the kids or, or winning a medal, and I was kind of like, I know Renee's listening and her family's <laughs> listening, so um, obviously the kids is, yeah, is, good is way above. Are you crossing your fingers beneath the no, table I'm there? All, Just right. No, I'm he's clean. He's <laughs> clean, Renee. If
2: you're listening, he's legitimate. Joe Ingalls, Utah Jazz boomer. Great to have you on Triple M.
6: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: She is the daughter of the Nature Boy Ric Flair. She also happens to be the WWE, the wrestling women's champion. G'day, Charlotte. Good morning, Sebastian.
3: Thanks for having me.
2: Oh, pleasure. I was going through your social media and I saw a photo of you wielding the willow, as we call it here in Australia. You were holding a cricket bat on a recent tour of India. (laughs) How did you go playing cricket?
3: To be honest, I didn't know what it was (laughs) until I was doing my research. So I was kind of nervous.
2: <laughs> well, uh, so do you reckon if this wrestling thing doesn't work out, you could make it as a cricket player?
3: Probably not. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, I'll play leisurely. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Well, terrific performance at WrestleMania 32, which has just gone. 100,000 people in Dallas. What was it like walking out in front of a crowd like that?
3: You can't describe it. it when you walk out, you don't even, it's like a sea of people. You don't even see faces. It's just
2: rumbling. Some of our listeners would be very familiar with your father, who is an absolute legend. Here's a bit of a clue for those uh, who need some catching up. You're talking to the Rolex. Wearing. <laughs> diamond ring. Wearing. Kiss
1: stealing. wheeling Wheeling dealing. Limousine riding. Jet flying. Son of a gun. And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo!
2: We're talking, of course, about the legend himself, Ric Flair. I mean, it must have been an amazing uh, childhood growing up with a man like that as your old man.
3: I mean, it was amazing. I think people, you know, want me to say that it was, you know, crazy or uh, different. But honestly, um, he was just dad. I mean, he was at every volleyball game, every gymnastics meet, bringing me lunch to school. it it was cool bringing my dad to show and tell (laughs) (laughs) or bringing his world heavyweight championship. But um, (laughs) other than people wooing at us in the grocery store, I think that (laughs) might be the only abnormal
2: thing. Yeah, oh, I can't blame him for doing that. What was the best piece of advice he ever gave you when you came to him and said, Dad, I reckon I'm going to give this wrestling thing a go?
3: Obviously, no one knows the business better than he does, but he just said, you know, it takes a lot of commitment and the same commitment that I, you know, gave to volleyball or gymnastics or cheerleading or any of the other sports um, that I'd have to give to wrestling. So when I started in developmental, um, he wanted really for me to learn on my own. Because wrestling isn't something that someone can tell you to have passion for. You have to work at it yourself.
2: What's the hardest hit you've ever taken in the ring? All of them. Yeah. <laughs>
3: It's a craft and, you know, we go to the performance centre and I don't think there's something... I don't think there's one thing that's worse than the other. It's just, you know, learning how to be safe and trusting your opponent. Have you been
2: to Australia before?
3: I have, actually. I went on tour um, when my dad was still wrestling in 2005, I think, was the year. I (laughs) ate at some really great restaurants and just kind of uh, enjoyed the scenery.
2: Excellent. Well, we've got a few new ones since then. So when you get down to Melbourne... Just uh, make sure you come see us at Triple M. We'll look after you. 100%. Charlotte, the WWE Women's Champion, fantastic to catch up with you. Your Australian fans will look forward to seeing you uh, on Fox 8 and also when the tour gets here in August. Uh, We can't wait, and great to chat.
3: Thank you, Sebastian. Look forward to seeing you guys.
2: I like it as she calls me, Sebastian Heif, I have to say. It's got a nice uh, sort of ring when it comes out of that uh, Tennessee accent. You like the way your voice sounds for me. You? Well, my voice not so much this morning, but I'm sucking down pineapple juice like there's no tomorrow. Big, bad, bustling Barry Hall is on the line. G'day, Baz. Hey, Seb, how are you? Mate, well, I love the way you went about your footy. Always outspoken, as you've been doing uh, in the media circle since then. But how about the work of Tony Cochran, the Gold Coast Suns chairman? He was responding to Lee Matthews, who had earlier said there's no room for two AFL clubs in Queensland. And here's what Tony had to say.
1: How do I know? I don't, I don't sit in Lee Matthews' mind. He doesn't sit in my mind, thank God. Um, you know, he's entitled to an opinion, and that's all it is, and it's opinion.
6: Opinions are like arseholes. Everybody's got one.
5: <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? I loved it. I, and probably, probably the fact that he took on uh, Lee Matthews, which most people are a bit uh, worried about. I think we've seen how much, how much passion he's got for uh, football up at the Northern Stadium, particularly the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, He thinks there's a place for him, and he thinks it's a long term.
2: Mate, you played a lot of your footy in Sydney, obviously. What about uh, in that market? Uh, They've got an expansion club there as well. Do you reckon there's room for two AFL clubs in Sydney?
5: These things take time. It's it's a non-football state in terms of AFL, and it just takes time. And um, I I guess from the grassroots, you've got to get to the kids. it's uh, it's going to take a lot of time.
2: Mate, Jack Viney signing a new four-year deal, one of the hard nuts of the AFL. Mate, so would he be just about one of the most t- toughest players in the league at the moment?
5: Yeah, well, an uh, ex-teammate of mine, Ben Matthews, uh, does a bit of work with him at, at um, Albany he's a coach there, and he said he's the most competitive person he's ever come across. Uh, and he's played with some great players, he's played with Paul Kelly and, um, you know, Adam Goods and players like this, and he said he's a beast. He's one of the most competitive blokes he comes up against. He loses something, and you see it just eats away at him. He goes even at training, he just... Uh, which is a great trait to have. And look, I, I think he'll be the next captain of, of Melbourne. I just think, uh, despite how well he's playing, we know he's playing some really good football, but his leadership qualities and he's a really good, a really good kid.
2: Who's tougher, Jack Viney, Joel Selwood or Luke Parker?
5: Oh, don't do this to me. We? <laughs> <laughs> well, you love to have him in your midfield. But I, I, my, my favourite player in the league is, is Luke Parker. I, I love him. I, I just think, uh, yes, he's a great footballer, but he's just so tough. Uh, he's courageous I've seen him a couple of times this year When the Swans have been under the pump And maybe need someone to stand up And he's the first one to put his hand up um, Luke Parker favourite of mine I know I'm biased but uh, I'd probably pick him first
2: Right, <laughs> that's great and just quickly the countdown clock debate this week Look, Beveridge says keep it a lot of people making the argument it's not in the spirit of the game what we saw the kangaroos do in the dying stages of Sunday's game against St Kilda what do you reckon of the countdown clock as a man who snagged around 740 sausage rolls in your career the
5: players are entitled to have their 30 seconds I'm not sure whether we need to see it um, I think the umpires can just do their due diligence and And themselves and say, "Okay, you've got 15 to go, moving on sort of thing. Um, Do we need to see it? Probably not, but I don't think it matters really.
2: Last week I was over there in London covering the press conference for the Tyson Fury-Vladimir-Klitschko fight and it's been pointed out to me that Vladimir is 40. You've got him by a couple of months in terms of youth. Any chance you'd consider getting the gloves back on and uh, having another crack at the boxing career?
5: Uh, look, I don't think so. I'm, um, yeah, I'm 39. Yes, that's right. Uh, I feel 47. <laughs> uh, I, uh, look, I think once you lose your competitive edge, and uh, that's probably one of the reasons I quit football, is uh, you don't do a professional sport, particularly boxing or MMA or something like that. That's, uh, that would be silly for me to do that, go out of footy, which I'll still play good footy, and... Uh, but you lose your competitive edge, I think you've got to call it a day.
2: You were playing some good footy. Well, mate, the Next Step Spinal Cord Injury Recovery Centre, a terrific organisation founded by Rhiannon Tracy, herself a C5 quadriplegic, and they're having a nice function down there at Morris Jones on Chapel Street next Monday. You are the host. Good on you for getting involved there.
5: Yeah, thanks. It's, um, look, it's, it's a thing I met Rhiannon in, uh, in person oh, not too long back, and uh, just hearing her story. So she, she dived into a pool in Bali, and um, you spoke about her, her being a quadriplegic. But she was told she would never be able to walk again. She would have limited use of her hands. Um, it was just a really tragic story, and she wouldn't take that laying down. So she went over, overseas, uh, did a bit of study, did a lot of rehab. Um, now she's actually a makeup artist using her hands. Uh, you obviously got to use your hands pretty well to be a makeup artist and she can walk a few steps with crutches. Um, It's really touching some of the stories, and if you can get down there on a Monday night, please do and support it.
2: Well said, mate. The next step, sci.org.au, is the website. No doubt uh, Hayden Burbank will look after everybody down there at Morris Jones. And the world needs makeup artists, especially when there's blokes like you and I trying to get on TV. So uh, (laughs) the more of them, the merrier. Barry Hall, great to chat.
5: Very true. Thanks, Deb.
2: Reviews are in already for this morning's program. This
3: is absolutely as perfect as the show is going to get. Absolutely loved it. It was so
2: beautiful. It was wonderful to see Reg Livermore on stage again. He's such a superstar. Yes, uh, I think we heard that in the first hour, but good to hear it again. Didn't know Reg Livermore was on the show. I think that's quite good. Now, the bristle man gets a little bit of a dressing down this morning. Last week, him and Danny Frawley went after my old mate, Chompers, Tony Jones from Channel 9. He thought he was going to supersede Peter Hitchner. He's, he's not going anywhere, Chompers. Peter Hitchner's there for the next 20 years. You can lose all your weight, you skinny bag of pus now. Get all that
1: loose skin taken, off. You were 30 or 40 kilos overweight. You
2: do say no at the dinner table now, Chomp. You look like a skull with teeth. A skull with teeth. And not oh, after that, that Chompers. Right. Peter Hitchner,
1: he's not going anywhere, so Oh, suck lemons, <laughs> chop ahead.
2: <laughs> suck it big time, chop. <laughs> Very good stuff. Now, I did speak to Tony Jones about this during the week. And he said after that segment went to air, he wasn't listening to it, but his phone went off and he got two text messages. One was from Danny Frawley that said, Hey, Tony, just to let you know, we had a bit of fun at your expense on radio. All in good fun. You should listen back. We had a laugh. The other one was from BT and it said, Tony, It was all spud. Nothing to do with me. I'm sorry. My mistake. Brian, soft from you. Soft that you didn't show up on the program this morning either. We will listen to you on the rub, and I hope you explain yourself. Have a cracking weekend. Good fun to be here. We'll be back next Saturday.